Check, check. All right. Good. We got that. And here we go. Yo, 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 it's your man's Big Daddy Roughneck. You're tuned in to the Gary Brugman Podcast. Prepare to be entertained. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Gary Brugman Podcast. Y'all have to excuse my voice. I have a real hard time with this trait that they gave me. But today I'm going to tell you a story. You've heard me mention the man's name several times. So hold on to something tight because we're going to be banging off all kinds of guardrails. So let's get to it. Hey, everybody, welcome back to episode 84 of the Gary Brugman Podcast. And um, I'm running solo tonight. Everybody's uh, got something going on, which is fine. They, everybody's got a life. I don't. I'm here. But uh, my life is good. I'm alive, so that's all that matters to me. I'm alive, and um, and life is good, brother. I mean, life is always great when you're on, you're on this side of the dirt. I mean, I... I um, over the summer, y'all know I had COVID, spent a long time in the hospital, and uh I looked I stared death right in the face. <clears throat> I thought I was I thought I was taking my last breaths, but uh for some reason, like the doctors told me and everything, I was just too stubborn to die. I was way too stubborn to die and I wasn't gonna have it. I didn't fight for twenty years to get a pardon to just to die from some Chinese coronavirus, you know, not going to happen. Not That's not what I was put here for. I got a lot more things I need to do before I'm on the other side of the dirt. <clears throat> um, today's a, kind of a somber day. Uh, <clears throat> 11 years ago, uh, Border Patrol Agent Brian Terry was murdered in, uh, in Arizona. And um, I'm going to tell you that story. And for that reason, we're going to go ahead and dedicate this episode to him uh brian terry uh this story is for you brother this episode this podcast this is for you thank you for your service in the marine corps in the police department and as a member of board attack in the united states border patrol <clears throat> so i got a great article here and uh it just seems that the name brian terry was attached to the failed Fast and Furious operation by the ATF. When you think Fast and Furious, you think Brian Terry, you think Jaime Zapata, you know, that's that's what comes to you in, into your mind because they were killed with Fast and Furious guns. It's an operation that the uh, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms had at the, at the order of the uh, <clears throat> president and the Justice Department, A.G. Holder. But um, it was just, it was just a shitty time. And, I know I didn't know Brian Terry, but I know a lot of people who did, and they said that he was um, he was a great guy. He was really intense, loved his job, and uh, just had a mission mindset about him. Had to get the mission done. Um, he grew up in Lincoln Park, Michigan, and uh, after high school, he went on and joined the Marine Corps, and he became an MP in the Marine Corps. <clears throat> I'm not sure if he was an East Coast or a West Coast Marine. But um, 
But he, he was a military police officer in the Marine Corps. After that, he went on to some college and, uh, and finally fulfilled his dream of becoming a police officer when he joined the E-Course uh, e Police Department in Michigan. Uh, in, on April 17th of 2000, he got hired by his hometown police department, the Lincoln Park, Michigan Police Department. That was his hometown, and he, he uh, I guess it was a bigger police department, and that's where he ended up on April 17th, 2000. The very next day, all right, the very next day, <clears throat> he uh, responded to an active shooter. His second day on the job. I'm going to go ahead and read this part because I don't want to mess it up. But um, the very next day, his second day on the job, Brian and several others responded to an in-progress active shooter at the Cedenier Tower located at the intersection of Sycott and Electric. Kenneth Miller had already shot and killed three people and was determined to kill even more people. As Brian arrived, he advanced on the shooter who fired, who, who fired towards Brian. Because of Brian's aggressive response, superior position, and command presence, Miller chose to comply with Officer Terry's call for surrender, and Brian was able to take Miller into custody without further loss of life. <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever seen a picture of Brian, all right? Brian's a big, strong guy, and like I said, he was a Marine. He was an MP in the Marine, and I can just picture him coming at him, yelling at the top of his lungs, put it down, put it down, let me see your hands, let me see your hands. And this coward who had already murdered three people was like, and taking shots at Brian, he was like, you know what? Maybe I should, because I'm going to die here. And, it, and it's called officer presence. His mere presence and his, and his demeanor and his um, task direction, his officer presence is what made that man give up. And Brian didn't have to fire a shot to take his life. And for his actions that day, Officer Terry was awarded a certificate of merit by the Lincoln Park Public Safety Commission for displaying true courage during this critical incident. <clears throat> After that, Brian went on to join the Border Patrol. He believed he could uh, achieve anything he put his mind to because he had that uh, command presence. You know, he, he, that's how he was trained in the Marine Corps. When, uh, when I got out of the Coast Guard, I went into the Border Patrol the very next day. I spent 10 hours unemployed. And um, I went in at age 32. Into the into the Coast Guard, uh, 31, 31. And um, <clears throat> I was a little older than everybody else there, but I was determined that this is what I was going to do. And it's just that mindset that you get into. Um, he followed his own motto, which was put in the work. Brian had, set his, Brian had set his sights on federal law enforcement. And after establishing a reputation in uh, Lincoln Park as a professional as a professional, other officers could count on, you know, he was, he was hired by the Border Patrol. And his record of excellence continued as a Border Patrol agent. <clears throat> this, helped him become, this helped him achieve his goal when he was accepted by the BORTAC unit. Now, the BORTAC unit is, uh, is a unit that was uh, started in 1984 um, for, for, for just special reasons. Uh, it was a tactical unit. And it became a skill set in the Border Patrol. It wasn't just a unit that you were a part of. It was something that you knew how to do. <clears throat> kind of like sign cutting. And, and 
and all these tactical maneuvers. They start in in the early nineties. They were part of a uh, of the DEA's Operation Snowcat, which used to go to Bolivia and all these South American countries and blow up the runways, runways and and coca in in the coca fields. And uh, just Bortac is known to be one of the hardest uh, tactical training there is. It's very similar to the Special Forces. So, um, according to the Border Patrol, the Border Patrol, uh, the Border Patrol was, the Border Patrol Tactical Unit was originally created to fulfill a civil disturbance role in '84. And at 38 years old, Brian was the oldest member of Board Tac. Uh, to participate in the one-month training that they have. And uh, it was designed after military special forces, and he lived up to his uh, nickname. Everybody called him Superman. And if you look at him, if you look at the picture of Terry, I don't have one right here, but if you look at the picture of Brian Terry, he looked like Superman. (laughs) He resembled him. And when I'm sure when that gunman saw him coming and he had fired already at him, I wouldn't doubt if those bullets bounced off him. Um, as training progressed, one of the instructors thought Brian had mistakenly taken another man's helmet, and as punishment, Brian was di- directed to fireman carry his partner three times around the course they were on. Halfway through, it, the ordeal was determined that uh, somebody else had taken Terry's helmet, and he had no choice but to take that one. <clears throat> so they told him he can stop, but he continued to do the other laps and, and continue to carry this guy because he didn't want to see it as leaving somebody behind. That's what he compared it to, because that's the kind of guy he was. He had to get the mission done. You give him an, you give him an order, and he's going to get it done. Um, he just thought training should be real, and he had to mentally prepare for it. And you know, I don't. Uh, again, I don't have it in front of me, but Brian Terry also wrote his own obituary, and I will uh, post it up on my Facebook and Instagram page. Uh, it should be up there by tomorrow, so make sure you check it out. Um, <clears throat> on his last shift. Oh, and Brian graduated first in his BORTAC class at 38 years old, and he was elected president of the class, which is a really, really big deal. And again, excuse me if you hear me getting winded. I'm still uh, recovering from that COVID. <clears throat> and um, I get tired kind of quick. But, um, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of guys, and like I said, I didn't know Brian, but... Um, What a loss to the Border Patrol this was. On his last shift, on the night of December 14th, 2010. Today, today as I record this podcast, is December 14th, 2021. So this was exactly 11 years ago, um, coming up close to the time. Exactly 11 years ago. He was part of a four-man team uh, situated on a slight rise in a rugged area in the Arizona-Mexican border north of Rio Rico, and it was called Peck Canyon. The team was on the American side watching the trails, and they had night vision goggles because they were trying to intercept uh, some rip crews that had been coming through there. And these rip crews, they're heavily armed, uh, merciless Mexican criminals, cartel members, and they'll bring people across into the desolate area, and, uh, and they'll rob them of all their goods and leave no witnesses. Uh, bodies were being found. I wouldn't doubt if anybody had been raped through there. Um, it was no man's land, to, and, and it was a great place to rip off money and drugs. And uh, and they were drug mules. That's all they wanted. And they, they, they were ripping off the bad guys and just merciless scumbags is what they were. 
<clears throat> so they went into the dark at night, and uh, with them that night were agents William Castaño, Gabriel Fregosa, and Timothy Keller. And approximately 15 minutes before the end of their shift, the four agents spotted five subjects that were coming across <clears throat> with rifles. And the Bortec team shouted, Policia, parense, right? They shouted for them to stop. The rip, the rip crew came up and opened fire on them. They got into a brief gunfight. And uh, and, and Brian yelled, I'm hit. I can't feel my legs. And um, once the whole thing, the dust had settled, anything was over in the night desert, um, there was one of the uh, RIP team members that was uh, left behind because some of them ran, some of them were shot. And uh, near him were two Romanian uh, 7.62 AK-47 knockoffs, which had been walked across the border by uh, by uh, uh, the ATF's Fast and Furious program. He had been struck during a gunfight, and uh, according to what I know, he, he had been hit in the gut below his body armor and above his gun belt. All right, and he died shortly after midnight on December 15th. And uh, if I remember correctly, he died on his way to the hospital. I'm not positive about that, but he died in flight on the way to the hospital is what I remember. Um, two subjects are currently being held on murder charges. And uh, one suspect's been sentenced to 30 years for his part in the killing of uh, Border Patrol agent Brian Terry. The F Fast and Furious congressional investigation has been stymied since the President of the United States sealed the record sought by the investigators proclaiming executive privilege. So President Obama <clears throat> didn't want any of the information to get out and claimed executive privilege. Nobody has access to that. This is really good because the what of the Fast and Furious was the what of Fast and Furious was an ATF facilitated the purchase of military grade um, weapons, which were allowed to be walked across the border and be placed in the hands of some of history's most violent freaking criminals. I I talked to some. Back in the day, I had talked to some guys that I knew in Arizona, and they knew guys that, um, gun dealers, that were calling ATF and says, hey, I don't want to sell these guns. These guys don't seem right. And the ATF was telling them to go, we're, we're, get the serial numbers, we're going to monitor these guns. Gone. Over 4,000 weapons disappeared in Fast and Furious. Just walked across the borders into the hands of the cartels and other violent criminals. Who paid for that? Our government did. Brian Terry paid for that. Jaime Zapata paid for that. Who knows how many others that have been killed by these weapons that we allowed to, that our government allowed to just walk across the border. Their fast and furious weapons have also been found in Benghazi, where uh, where, where Chris Peranto and, and uh, John Teigen <clears throat> And uh, fought for their lives for 13 hours. Where Glenn Doherty and, um, <clears throat> and Tyrone Woods were murdered again in, 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 uh, in Libya. In, in Benghazi, Libya. Guns even showed up there. 
How the fuck did guns get over there? They were moved to Mexico, and then they were sold and transferred. The why of Fast and Furious is locked away in, in, the, in, in the archives under executive protection. You know, he's, he's, got, he's got executive privilege. They're protected. You can't get to those documents. So we'll never find out why all that happened. Brian Terry is the who. Brian Terry and Jaime Zapata are the who of Fast and Furious. They paid for this with their blood. They paid for this with their lives. So did their families. So did our agencies, Homeland Security and the U.S. Border Patrol. Brian Terry, Brian Terry was a hero gone too soon. This was put out by Police One. It's a, it's a great article. Brian Terry, Semper Fi, um, you're not forgotten. You're not going to be forgotten. And um, honor first, brother. Thank you for the way you did your job. Thank you for uh, the legacy that you've left behind. You know, I don't, I don't understand how, how this happened or, or how nobody's actually paid for it. Um, Brian Terry did not deserve to die. Just neither did Jaime Zapata. There were agents out there doing their jobs that were <clears throat> that were murdered in cold blood, straight up. And that's all there is to it. You know, I uh, I was done anything to be there with either one of those guys, but um, you know, my career had a had a quick end to it, and I'm trying to get it back on track. But uh, the, the, the truth is, it probably won't happen. Um, I got pardoned by the president, but that's not going to be enough to allow me to go back to a uh, police academy. I'm still fighting it, trying to get past the administrators and get past someone that uh, can actually make a decision. But that's going to go on uh, into next year, I guess. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but I'm not, I'm not giving up. I never quit for it. Um, um, it's something that I want. It's something that's gonna happen, and um, I won't rest until it does. I uh, I my heart bleeds for the whole Terry family, and and uh, and the Zapata family, because you know you you sacrifice yourself. You know, you sacrifice your, your your life. Every day that you go to work, you put on a badge, you put on a gun belt, <clears throat> you know. In some cases, you go work in other countries to serve this country for to do better so that people's lives can be easier, so people's lives can be happier. Because that's the whole reason we serve. That's, that's the only reason we serve is to make the world a better place. And it's one thing to... Be ambushed by the bad guys. It's one thing to be ambushed by the bad guys and have to defend yourself and um, maybe even take a life. But when those bad guys are armed by the same government that you're working for, how does that happen? How does that happen? You know? Okay, I can understand how it happens. You lose track. But how is it that it happens and nobody pays for it? No, nobody goes to jail. Nobody is accountable for it. It just gets brushed under the, 
the 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 bureaucracy of executive privilege. I don't I don't understand it. It's not fair. I push I I do my job and I push a guy on the ground that's trying to escape, and I get sent to prison for two years pushing a guy on the ground as I was taught, as I was taught. Did nothing wrong. Did everything by the book. Two years in prison. These guys lose 4,000 weapons. Two agents get killed. Brutally murdered. Nobody's accountable. But one of those, one of those agents is a good friend of mine. Um, let me rephrase that. One of those agents that was at the scene with Jaime Zapata in Mexico on Highway 57 when they were ambushed by the Zetas cartel, my brother Victor Avila, and uh, he wrote a book, Agent Under Fire. All right, it's a really, really good book. You got to make sure you get it. It's a great book. It's available on Amazon or go to uh, agentunderfirebook.com and get it there by Victor Avila. He's a retired Homeland Security agent, special agent, very good friend of mine, and um, you need to get that book. It'll explain a lot. Another one that you need to get, John 1513 by my friend John Nicholas Castle. He was a, he was a police officer that went to Blackwater. And um, good book. Very good book. Make sure you get it. And the other one, these two happen to know each other. By my brother, Morgan Lorette. Morgan Lorette. Welcome to Blackwater. Mercenaries, money, and mayhem in Iraq. This book will keep you entertained. It's freaking awesome. Make sure you get those. I want to give a shout out to my brother, uh, <clears throat> to my brother Dan, who retired from the uh, Capitol Police Department and is now a uh, now a university police officer in Virginia. And I want to give him a shout out because, um, okay, it's a Bi it's a Biden inauguration, but he sent me this amazing, amazing uh, inaugural badge. It's freaking awesome. It's a great addition to my collection. And um, it's one of the nicest pieces I have right now. Doesn't compare to any Border Patrol badge, but you know. Dan, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> I'm running solo tonight. Uh, other people ain't feeling well, have some things going on. So I thought it was a good time to uh, honor Brian Terry. And... Um, He's, he's definitely a legend in the Border Patrol, and he was gone too soon. So uh, this is going to be a short one. So God bless y'all, and we'll be back next week. Thank you very much. We're going to roll out right now. That concludes this episode of the Gary Brugman Podcast. Make sure you like and share this episode. Smash all those buttons, man. And I uh, want to give my shout-outs to Patch Ops. They made the Gary Brugman Podcast patches. These are freaking awesome. <clears throat> Thank you, everybody that supports me. Thank you, everybody that listened to me for the past half hour. We will be back. God bless y'all. God bless Texas. Stay safe. Stay vigilant. Be savage. God bless America. Peace.